you can tell me a little bit about yourself and your show, your podcast, and then we'll go to the question. My name is Rick Howland. I live in Louisville, Kentucky. I do a couple of radio shows. I've been a co-host on a radio program here Monday through Friday in Louisville, five days a week, 10.30 to 11.30. And it's called the Values Coalition USA. It's on 12.40, WLV. And I do another program on Sunday nights for one hour called the Black Heart Conservative. It's on at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on 970. WGTK here in Louisville to take, give some information that you kind of got to be old to to have the, maybe have the perspective that I have on Cassius Marcellus Clay. How did you come to find out this information? What was your resources? Okay, I was born in 1947. I'm 76 years old, and. Uh, I grew up in Louisville. We uh, got a TV in the 1950s, and one of the TV stations was WAVE, Channel 3. They had a boxing program on for amateurs, and they'd be little kids on their boxing. There'd be middle schoolers and high schoolers on their boxing, AAU and Golden Gloves. And uh, suddenly one day I remember I was watching it because that was one of the few places where African-Americans were on TV, where literally there were African-Americans there. You knew we existed. And these little kids would be fighting. And one day this kid was introduced, and he was introduced as Cassius Marcellus Clay. And my mother, who was born in 1913, heard it, and she said, oh, he's named after, who later became Muhammad Ali. And Cassius Marcellus Clay was born in 1809. He was a member of the Clay family. And Cassius Marcellus Clay was born in 1809. He was a member of the Clay family. Henry Clay was a leader of the Senate for many years in the 1840s. Uh, they were a very wealthy family, and at some, one point they owned more slaves than any other family in the state of Kentucky. Out of that family, you had this young man, Cassius Marcellus Clay, who was born and acted like an abolitionist from his earliest times. He published newspapers. He, he, I think he went to Harvard or Yale, graduated and worked his entire life to try to end slavery. He was associated at different times in his life with Frederick Douglass. He was a hero in the Mexican-American War. What his motivations are, I don't think I've run across anything that talks about where he was quoted to give his personal reasons why he would be one way and most of his family would be the other. And then after slavery ended, he struggled to help the freed slaves and their children get an education. As I have as much respect for him as I have for Muhammad Ali. As I have as much respect for him as I have for Muhammad Ali. And Ali was contemporary with me. He was like, I think he's six years older than me. He was around in the neighborhood. We used to see him. 
he was famous once he got on the Mars Champions because he was on TV pretty, probably twice a month at least boxing somebody. And they'd have to they'd have to bring competition from other cities to fight him because after a while, nobody wanted to fight him locally. <laughs> And they'd have to they'd have to bring competition from other cities to fight him because after a while nobody wanted to fight him locally because it was he was so fast that was his main thing Zuby he was so fast you you couldn't hit him unless he stood still and let you hit him he was something to behold before before they stopped him from fighting over the Vietnam War. But Cassius Marcellus Clay was, he was a man that was favored, that was respected and spoken of respectfully by my mother and father's generation. Most black people in Kentucky knew who he was, Ali, movies. Did you see the one where Ali played himself? That was the one done in the 70s. There was a scene in, uh, in Ali where, Ali's his father is yelling at him and mad at him because he changed his name. And he said, I gave you a name. I gave you a good name. He said, I gave you a name that meant something. myself as Clay. The man lived his entire life trying to set black people free. He lived to be 92 years old. And Muhammad Ali, I don't think, knew very much about Cassius Marcellus Clay, if anything. But they were they seem to be two men who are driven by a purpose and both of them seem to be driven by a purpose to benefit their people. And for some reason the original Cassius Marcellus Clay evidently saw our people as his people. We know Mama he got in, he got involved with the nation of Islam. Right. And now over here we have his dad and the legacy of Cassius Clay, and so there was a conflict there. I know most of us think of that. He was Muslim, and um, we have a way of cubbyholing people. But he, Muhammad Ali, transcended. He became a world citizen. I don't think that there was much different about him and his struggle to improve the human condition than there was about the original Cassius Clay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was, if I, I think probably in his youth, he was so convinced about not wanting to have the slave name that he gave up a name that actually was very important to his people. I don't think that there was much different about him and his struggle to improve the human condition than there was about the original Cassius Clay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was, if I, I think probably in his youth, he was so convinced about not wanting to have the slave name that he gave up a name that actually was very important to his people. Have you are you familiar with with Berea College in Kentucky? No. Okay, Berea College is near Ashland, Kentucky. It was founded by a guy named John G. Fee before the Civil War ended. 
but he was run out of the state of Kentucky and they had to run to Ohio and hide. But they came back after the Civil War was over and they reestablished the school. The land on which this school, where this man was interested in educating pre-Civil War, educating slaves and their children, got himself in trouble because it was illegal. When he came back, he was still interested in educating former slaves and their children. And Cassius Marcellus Clay, being a wealthy man, gave them land on which to build the college. And Berea College is still in existence to this day. Now, I'm not sure if they're still on the same plot of land, but he get, he helped to get them started. When he came back, he was still interested in educating former slaves and their children. And Cassius Marcellus Clay, being a wealthy man, gave them land on which to build the college. And Berea College is still in existence to this day. Now, I'm not sure if they're still on the same plot of land, but he get, he helped to get them started. He was I would to, to my mind, if somebody gives you the land upon which to found the university, they helped you found the university. And Berea College, you, it's a very it, it, that would really be something for nationwide, really for African Americans to find out about, because Berea College has always been at the forefront of. Of, of racial reconciliation. I've got a good friend, a young lady. She's an attorney here, and I think she ran for judge in the last election. Her name is Nicole Compton. She was a she was a student at Berea College in recent years, so it's still there. And this guy literally, he struggled for the first. 35 or 40 years of his adult life to, to end slavery. During the Lincoln administration, he was named as an ambassador to the court of St. Petersburg in Russia. And he, he was a distinguished guy, and he wasn't just a fighter. He was not, and I say fighter because he was known for dueling. Because so many people that hated his opinion about slavery would challenge him. He he would literally go duel with him and shoot him. He didn't yeah. challenge people in duels. People challenged him in duels. And, uh, they actually attacked him. On two occasions, there were hit squads where Cassius Clay was attacked. All he had on him was a boy knife, and he won the fight. <laughs> wow. Okay. And he didn't kill him. He just cut him up pretty bad. But he was... He, Think about it. He was big enough, strong enough, and fast enough to be able to whip four men hand-to-hand. And then a few years later, he was attacked by five brothers. And if you've got brothers, brothers that grow up together, they know how to work together. They don't even have to. They they don't even tell have to tell each other what they're doing. They know what your brother's doing. And they attacked him. They shot him in the back. And he had a bullet in his back. He went down. They took his boy knife off of him. He he recuperated his strength laying there, while and I think they were probably trying to figure out what to do with him. But he got up and started fighting them. He took his boy knife away from them, and he cut them up, and he killed one of them. And these are and, and there there were people. My, one of the stories my mother told me about him. 
the day that you remember I was talking about, he came on and he was Ali was introduced as Cassius Marcellus Clay. He was a little boy; he was about twelve years old. But that's the, he actually. You mean he was introduced to actual Cassius Clay? Yeah, she told me about a fight he had in the state senate or the state house of representatives here in Kentucky, where a guy attacked him because he was against slavery. And they actually had a fist fight, and he almost beat the man to death on the floor. He was always under pressure. His life was at stake, simply because he believed that we needed to be free. And it's hard for me to see to see where he and Muhammad Ali would have had much to disagree about if they had been contemporaries. They, they, you know, Ali became a Muslim, but if you actually listen to a lot of stuff Ali said, a lot of what he said was interspersed with the with Baptist doctrine that he had grown up hearing. He was, he, and I'm not besmirching his Muslim faith. Don't get me wrong, but there was a there there, there was a sweetness about him after he after the court situation was over. There was a decency and a kindness that had always been there about Ali that somehow became more apparent as he grew older and older to the point that when he died, even his enemies weren't his enemies anymore. A lot of of African-Americans, a lot of black folks referred to their family names as being their slave name. But he happened to have a slave name that that actually meant something. In the words of his dad, he gave him a name that, that was a good name. He gave him a name of a man that did what he could to set us free to the point that my mother, who was born after he was dead, knew enough about his life to tell her little boy at her knee, about this guy, Cassius Marcellus Clay. Black folks whose ancestry goes back in the state of Kentucky four or five generations. We were raised as a bumper crop. Once the Atlantic slave trade ended, which was bringing slaves from Africa into America, once that ended, in order to maintain the slaves that they used for work in the fields, they began to, to raise us like cattle. And I imagine the Clay family would have been involved in that because they were the largest slaveholding family in the state of Kentucky. So I'm pretty sure they were they were raising us. We were crop. We were cash crop. Henry Clay, he's one of he's considered to be one of the greatest senators that 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 was ever in the in the Senate in the U.S. Senate. He's from Kentucky. Cash is one. Henry Clay, and he was anti-slavery, even though he was a member of the same family. Uh, wait a minute. So Henry Clay is the dad, you said? No, his cousin. They were cousins. But the whole thing is that the articles I was reading, they were saying that there's a contradiction here with Cassius Clay, that he was also a, he was also a slave owner. Yeah, and when his family, when he inherited slaves, he set them free. 
There was no oh, controversy. He had a newspaper at one point in Lexington, Kentucky, and some slave slave holders came and attacked his newspaper office, and he was there, but they left him alone. Uh, they took his equipment, took his printing presses and everything, just took them, and took them and sold them somewhere. So he was always he was always in some kind of turmoil and he was always fighting. So he was always, he was always in some kind of turmoil and he was always fighting to end slavery. Okay. So he had a newspaper. Sorry. I didn't, I wasn't clear about that. What is yeah, that? Yeah. He, he started a newspaper in Lexington, Kentucky. And probably would have been in 1820s, 1830s, something like that. And, uh, People that were pro-slavery came, and a mob came and attacked his, his, his business and took his equipment. So he, so he, on top of all these other things, freeing the slaves and all that, just all that he did, he actually had his paper. But also, was did you say he also got involved with politics? Yeah, he was. Uh, he became an ambassador to the uh, court of St. Petersburg in Russia under uh, Abraham Lincoln appointed him when he became president. The ambassador to St. Petersburg. Okay. Uh, he, was, he was a, and it seemed like the driving force for everything that he accomplished and everything that he did, it grew from his desire to fight slavery. So is so what was his relationship with Abraham Lincoln? Did you... I don't know. There's not much other than Abraham Lincoln appointed him. It doesn't go too deeply. It, I, I didn't, it didn't seem like they were. They may have been friends. They may have known each other, but it, evidently it wasn't a, that wasn't a big deal. Other than it got him appointed to be ambassador to the court of St. Petersburg in Russia. And that was a very crucial role. Yeah, yeah. Because St. Petersburg, I think, at that time was the capital of Russia, pre-Soviet Union. So he was where the Tsar of Russia was. And he also, as you said, he worked with Frederick Douglass. He yeah, yeah, they were contemporaries, and they were both fighting against slavery. But basically, this is a whole scenario that's been barely ever mentioned in the media or anywhere, right? Yeah, there's something. It appears that the South seemed to be more able to get their point of view about slavery and about the South and how the South was and the Civil War. A good. It seemed like to me everything I ever read about the Civil War was written by Southerners. And so Southerners weren't writing about white people that 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 weren't against slavery very much. So they they weren't writing anything about Cassius Marcellus Clay because a Southerner who was in who was, who wanted the South to rise again wouldn't see him as being a hero. So they wouldn't even write anything about it. Probably most of what we know about him came from African Americans who knew what he was doing to get us set free. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, 
that's a, that's an amazing story. That's definitely a starter at this little a little talk. But maybe later on we can bring you on a another okay. podcast. Not a problem. Yeah, I, I would 